What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of All Elite Wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J-Cost. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Sunday the 23rd of April. This is episode 255. Uh, apologies, listeners, if you were expecting a show last weekend. Um, we ended up not recording, mainly because of me, because I've been very busy with job interviews and, and various other things. But there wasn't a huge amount to talk about. Had we recorded last weekend and then recorded again this weekend, they, they would have been like sort of two 45-minute shows. So... I'm sorry, everyone, but here we are back to give you your Super J-Cast fix and give you our ice-cold takes for uh, the two shows in yeah. uh, the States yeah. last weekend. I did a show. I did a solo show. It just never made the light of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, just, I was just talking to myself <laughs> in the bathroom. Um, yeah. Just, I had, had to get those takes yeah, out there. They, they get can't out sit there and stew. They just can't. Um, yeah, let me come on. No, I don't think we... I mean, we're going to cover it today, so, and they will be ice cold takes. But, um, you know, I think uh, I think we're okay with the with these two shows, the Philly show and the yeah. Washington D.C. show. Where uh, I don't know. I mean, I think we are okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm sure that the listeners would like to know yes. how I got on in my job interviews. Um, with great success, you'll be pleased to hear, dear listeners. So we have been planning for a while to move back to the UK. We love Bangkok, but we're just we're not sure it's the right place for children with things like the the heat and humidity, the pollution, the traffic. It doesn't feel very safe. And the pollution is a, a big thing because quite often, like most days, the students in school are not allowed to go outside to play because the wow. AQI is too high. No. And that's not good. You know, when children are not allowed to be outside because there's, you know, too much smog in the air, that's where 
me and Manny were thinking, yeah, this is, you know, I feel, feel like I'm poisoning my children. So, yeah, we've decided to relocate to, to Devon to be close to my parents. So we've got a an, an interesting accommodation situation lined up, a place that used to be uh, a milking shed for cows, which has now been converted into a home right on the edge of Dartmoor. And, uh, yeah, I've now got a nice job teaching in a little school not far from there. A, quite a uh, an intensive recruitment mm-hmm. process. I had to do... Well, first of all, there was like a virtual tour of the school and there were other candidates there in person. Like, first of all, when the school sent me this thing, like, oh, you've been invited to the recruitment process. Please turn up on this day. You'll have a tour. You, you need to write a letter to the school, you know, explaining why you're a good fit. You'll be, you'll have an interview with our student council panel. You'll need to do a task on the day. You'll have to teach a lesson. Then you'll Jeez. have a formal interview. I was like, fuck me. That's, that's a lot just for a teaching gig. I've never seen anything that intense for uh, just a teaching job and they hadn't even you know acknowledged the fact that I wasn't in the country so it, it was a bit of a long shot for me I wasn't expecting them to do this I do my back I was like look sorry I can't make it in person because I live and work in Thailand is there anything you can do I was expecting them to just tell me to get lost basically but they didn't they said they, they'd accommodate me online and had to do some different stuff like I had to send them a video of me teaching my own <laughs> class, which I think was an advantage for me rather than teaching a class of students I don't know. And But then we're, we're like <laughs> when I was doing the tour of the schools, they basically like had some students with an iPad guiding me around the school. And there were two candidates for the same job like there in person. And I could see them like talking to all the kids like, what's your favorite oh. thing about school? Oh, that's a great answer. I was just like, oh my God. So, you know, they're really right. laying it on thick. Like there's no way I'm going to get it me with my stupid Mr. iPad long distance here. Um, but I went, went through everything called the interview panel with the students. They asked me some tough questions. They asked me what, what oh. my favorite pizza toppings were. <laughs> so, I, and I will say this statement, right? Um, I think doing this podcast has really improved my interview skills because I'm now a lot better at bullshitting (laughs) than I was. And I'm also good at like having, having some notes, like some bullet points written down because spoiler, like pulling back the curtain, sometimes I do have stuff written down before we record this show. Uh, You might not notice it because I do it in such an organic and natural way, but that's what I do for interviews as well, especially like having an online interview where I'm staring at my notes there with all my pre-prepared, because I know exactly what they're going to ask me. And then just trying to make it sound um, off the cuff by just inserting (laughs) errs into the middle of sentences to make it, wow, he's thought of that incredibly detailed and specific response right off the top of his head. This guy's great. Uh, So yeah, I'll say thank you to this uh, five years of doing this podcast because i think it's uh, helped me definitely sharpen up yeah, my it definitely thing. i mean it can it sure can um yeah i think my inner interview game is strong um i always like to throw in the ah oh, that's 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 a that's a, that's a great question <laughs> that's a great question and then answer and i already know the question's coming yeah yeah. Oh, that's a really difficult question. Right. Oh, that's tricky. And I've got like pages of right. exactly. pre-prepared answers. Um, yeah, I like to make them feel smart. Um, yeah, it's, but... <laughs> wow, no one's oh, ever, really no one's on ever asked me that before. Oh, huh, let me well, think. Uh, let me mention it. <laughs> right. I have 17 pages of notes. All right. Um, it's stressful though, isn't it? Like the whole process of that and the whole... Oh, I know people. I know me. I, 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 dude, I had this one. 
And I was, it, it went on for like, it felt like a, a two months. And it was like every week I'm meeting with uh, a vice president or a director or this or that. And uh, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm hitting the ballpark or hitting the ball out of the ballpark every time. And, uh, and then you get that, oh, we decided to move on with another person. <laughs> like you strung me along for a fucking month. Holy shit. Uh, because, and the reason was because I didn't have as much experience within that specific industry. Um, so they went with another guy and I'm like, well, you knew this from the fucking jump. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I got a friend who's going through it right now too. She's, oh, stressing it out. But, uh, you know, it is, it's, it's the worst. I hate, I hate it so much. Although I do like the, uh, idea of virtual interviews because I'll put on a jacket, you know, nice shirt, uh, depending upon where I might even put on a tie. Uh, yeah, correct. <laughs> Make it from the waist down. <laughs> Shorts, uh, maybe, maybe just underwear or pants or whatever we want to call it. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's me to it to a fucking tin. <laughs> Tenga egg in one hand, they can't uh, see it. What a what a what a web we weave. What a web we weave. Um, I I uh, also have also good have good news. Um. I upgraded my internet connection as well. So I'm rocking on gig speeds, gig speeds. Uh, and I, uh, about fucking time, Dave. I mean, your <laughs> shitty internet has been yeah, um, right. bogging down the podcast for years. That right. just I'm hoping, got that I'm hoping the UK's internet uh, service providers are a little bit more reliable than yours uh, currently. Um, the what was my oh wait, yeah I, I ran Ethernet cable yesterday. And what a what a fucking chore! <laughs> I was like, how can I? How can something that on paper seems so incredibly easy be such a fucking pain in the ass? I cut my finger. Cut my finger. Uh, but yes, so that was a busy day yesterday. And the Leafs, Leafs up two one, kids. We're all excited about that. I just need all of your positive energy to make this happen. All of it. Channel it. Put it in a Jenga egg and mail it to me. <laughs> Ugh, imagine that. <laughs> what did I say? A Jenga, Jenga egg. No. <laughs> Is that an egg made out of it's wooden almost. pieces? <laughs> and everyone comes along and oh, carefully takes idiot. out one. Did I say... <laughs> It's a Jenga. What, what is it? It's a Jenga egg. J, not T, right? It's a Tamatonga egg. Tamatonga egg. Okay, so Tenga egg. Okay, not Jenga egg. Okay. Boy, I do get those two confused often. I'm a fucking idiot. All right. And don't isolate that. Don't isolate that audio, Dan, uh, because, uh, you know, I could. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to Put say. on the soundboard. Uh, what a dummy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What a what dummy. What a dummy. Yes. All right. Uh, I know people are uh, loving the soundboard and also hating the soundboard, which pleases me to no end. <laughs> well, I I agree with with um. I think it was Liam on our Discord said it started off funny, and then it got progressively more irritating. But then the more you did it, you sort of pa- powered through that barrier of it being annoying, and it sort of circled back around to being funny. Again. I, I won't use it a lot. I, all right. Now that I know that you don't like it, I will 
not use it as often. I do like it, but we need to freshen it up. We need to get some new material. And that means you, listeners, need to send us audio clips because I'm not fucking doing it. So you you isolate some little audio clips, some New Japan stuff. Please get us a little MP3 clip of Ghetto saying, this guy got the fucking balls and and things of that nature. Send it to us and then we can have... Uh, uh, a soundboard that is yes. worthy of you. Excellent. I love it. I love it. I'll just leave you with this. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Good. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm laughing. It's it's still, we're still in the funny zone. Right. right. Let's talk about the, the rest. All right. Uh, first of all, I would like to talk about the official announcement of All Together Again, which was announced at a joint press. So this is with uh, New Japan and All Japan and Pro Wrestling Noah. So they are going to be having a show together on Friday, April 9th. April 9th? At Sumo Hall. So the talking point. It's April, April 23rd. And I'm not going to read every. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've gone back in time. Did, did it already happen? Uh because the press conference, it says the press conference was on April twelfth, and then it says uh, confirm that all. <laughs> oh no, sorry, June the ninth, not April ninth. I mean, a hey, school. You might want to. You might want to. Re- you might want to rescind that no, it offer. Does. It says here April ninth. They said. No, what? it says it here. They okay. got it wrong. I'm going to screenshot this because so you so you do you believe me. Um, Right, WhatsApp. Get your WhatsApp, and then we can. Whoever's listening to this from uh, Shinihon, you can go and fix up. this because you've uh, torpedoed our podcast, which is usually <laughs> flawless and <laughs> full of completely correct, right. unimpeachable yeah, information. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't realise when I said it that it was wrong. I've, I've got no grasp of what month it is or year. I don't know. I Everything's know. just a blur now. But um, all right, here we go. There Let you me go. See. There's the proof. Says with the words of New Japan's legendary founder. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. you, you um, uh, le- legendary founder Antonio Inoki. Uh, the subtitle of the event will be: If you have the energy, you can do anything. All together again will take place Friday, April 9, thousand twenty-three, at six p.m. in Ryugoku Sumo Hall. It does say April 9th. Mm, mm, mm. Way to go. And, and not only that, the paragraph after that says that the tickets go on Ooh. sale Sunday, April 23rd. So the, the tickets are going on sale a fortnight after the event has taken place. These the, these people don't know what they're doing, They should flip that around. They would probably make more money and be more successful if they just did that. You know, they, they flipped it. They had the tickets go on sale first and then the event. <laughs> Imagine that just like running, running the show's completely empty arena. And they're like, "What's what's going on here?" And then, oh, we forgot, we f- forgot to put the tickets on sale. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's a nice skit. Sorry, that was me. I put the wrong date. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious, that would be hilarious. Oh man, I tell you what. Uh Look, that's a lot going on for, I don't know how many people are actually working on the uh, website there currently, uh, but it's, you know, it's a lot, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a boo-boo right there. Um, there's been a few, haven't there? 
There's been a few I've seen that have been uh, somewhat uh, shaky. All right, whatever. Who cares? Uh, they, they, they do a fine job. They just fucked up. We're just making fun of them. Yeah, it's not as bad as um, the racial slurs that sl- slipped through the nets for the uh, recent Aussie <laughs> Open merchandise. But uh, <laughs> that's been fixed. Hopefully, was that the, the uh, process that of the, being um, fixed. Yeah, abbreviations? Um, I'm sorry. What I was going to say. So this, yeah, I mean, we. Gotcha. Yes, it was. So they they had abbreviations of countries they wrestled in, and for the abbreviation of Japan, the accepted abbreviation is JPN, but they put JAP, which. Uh, in the replies and the quote tweets from uh, Japanese fans, they were not very happy about that. And I don't, obviously it was not intentional. Um, it was an honest mistake, but um, one yeah. that hopefully can be fixed. So again, it's, it's a storm in a teacup. Nothing I'm going to think we should get outraged about. It was a mistake. They've seen it and hopefully they're fixing it. And um, I don't know what they're going to do with all those uh, already lucky bags. Uh, manufactured t-shirts uh, <laughs> maybe put them in the goodie bags you know you if you, you buy a lucky bag at the end of the year you might get some uh, <laughs> racist t-shirts that you can yeah but yeah, just use them as <laughs> take comfort in your racism oh <laughs> uh, nothing nothing puts you to put you to sleep like a like a uh a nice toasty warm bed uh soft flannel sheets and racism <laughs> Oh boy! All right, we had our fun. Now what? Now we got to get to work. All right. So we discussed before about this uh, joint show before it was official. But the main thing I would like to pick your brains about, Damon, is that this is going to be yet again on NJPW World Pay Per View. So that's quite a lot of events on Pay Per View. Now I do understand that it's not like they are removing events from the uh the world subscription and changing them to pay-per-view it's not like they have i don't know you know put wrestle kingdom as a pay-per-view or the g1 as a pay-per-view these are extra shows so i'm not out here in the street shouting that we're getting screwed or anything and i would say for the most part like these pay-per-view shows are are non-essential viewing like you're not going to get left behind if you don't watch them but it is a slippery slope and you know, do you think we are heading down the path of them put, putting bigger events that we would normally get for free? Why not? Behind that Why wouldn't they? Paywall? I guess is the question. Um, it's uh, and it's and here's the thing: it's it's the way of any subscription model. You know, you look at any subscription model, and it kind of feels that it's doing everything in its power to squeeze every nickel and dime out of you. And I'm not blaming New Japan for this. I'm saying that they are, they see the landscape and they see what uh, everyone else does and everyone else can do. And, you know, and they see dollar signs or uh, yen signs. The, um, do, I guess the question is, is, is will we see New Japan events, major New Japan events be an additional fee? And I think, Let's put it this way. I don't know what the cost, like, I don't know how profitable New Japan World is in the sense of considering that it's run by a major or it's backed by a major TV corporation in Japan. It's, it makes it a little bit easier to, to justify costs and all that stuff. I guess my point is this. Um, 
give me one reason why they wouldn't do that. Um, good faith. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm shrugging my shoulders right now. I don't know if everybody can see that with radio. Um, it's not. It's not. Let's put it this way. It's not like it hasn't done been done before. And I am not saying that it will be done. What I'm saying is, is that it's, it's, I, I can't see it not being the future. So yeah, it is a slippery slope. Now, again, where we are right now, Joel, is these kind of one-off shows or kind of, you know, when we're involved with other promotions and I'm sure there's some, uh, issue with you know new japan having a major tv station backing them and um other networks where these other promotions might air having a pro you know there's a lot i'm sure a lot of little red tape uh it's i mean again will we see g1 be that you know not that long ago g1 before new japan world you know, G1, you had to pay, um, oh, what was the fucking service name again? I forget, but it was like 150 bucks. And you got Ustream. Was it Ustream? Yeah, something. Yeah, Ustream. You you paid 150 bucks and you got the entire G1. Um, but it was 150 bucks. Um, and I would, again, I would not be surprised if, if an event like Wrestle Kingdom, G1, you know, they could very definitely go to a, 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 uh, uh, a pay-as-you-go tier. Yeah, this is capitalism, folks. Um, that's that's what happens until we move into uh, a, a different kind of uh, uh, global system. Then, uh, yeah, this this is what's going to happen. So, uh, hopefully, we get uh, a few years grace before that inevitably happens. But yeah, you you are probably right. You know, especially from what we're hearing about Bushi Road slash uh, New Japan being short on money then i can understand why they're having all these extra pay-per-view events and yeah would not be shocked not not condoning it but would not be shocked if they do start to try to squeeze a bit more money out of their uh, premium events Blech, I'm disgusted mm. with myself for using that word um on the subject uh, there's a little report here from uh, dave Meltzer. he has reported that mercedes money has uh, re-upped her deal with new japan has extended that um, I'm not going to spoil anything from the Stardom show today. I heard it was brilliant. I've heard it's a, a show, of, a, a genuine show of the year contender with some excellent matches. So I shan't spoil the result of the Mercedes versus Mayu Iwatani IWGP Women's Championship match there. Uh, but talking point here, Mercedes has reacted, and apparently uh, Bushi Roads are being asked to spend less. Uh, Meltzer reported that. New Japan slash Stardom were given the green light to open up negotiations with um, the former WWE wrestler Naomi uh, Trinity, uh, but decided she wasn't value for money. So, yeah, there's obviously, you know, uh, two sides to this that Bushiroad and, and New Japan are trying to cut back on their spending, but they've obviously looked at the, what they're getting for their money with Mercedes money and decided that that's a worthwhile expense and it's hard to argue with that because by all metrics we've got so far, she's knocking it out of the park to the the surprise of no one. I mean, we knew from Jump Street that 
she was going to be a big success both in and out of the ring. And yeah, this seems like a no-brainer to yeah, tie her no down to. I mean, a long I, I, deal. We, we've screamed about it from the mountaintops many times that this is a star that they have, um, a legitimate star um, in their possession, and they need to do everything they can to hold on to that. That being said, right, that we do know that you know they're in they're in cost cutting modes and seeing where they can find uh, the fat and trim it. Um, it's you know I don't I don't want to put the fear in anyone. Uh, I don't want to put I don't want to do, do that, but I don't think that there's major changes underway. Um, or or in the relatively near future, from what we understand, it's just a matter of, you know, tightening up the uh, the belt buckle a little bit and making sure that, uh, you know, we're not frivolously spending and and not for nothing. That's probably why we're looking at, you know, some of these U.S. shows where it's you know you're using homicide and delirious and you know guys that. You kind of scratch your head and think, oh, why? Why are we using the guy again? Um, so, yeah, I, and that kind of goes back to the original point of if they if they need a quick hit of of cash, and boy, that's an easy way to do it. Stick it, stick it, stick a price tag on it um, on an event, and you know, see what you can do. Again, I'm not going to go into results of the Stardom show, but do you think that Mercedes Money needs that IWGP Women's Title in order to, to, as a vehicle for her to maximise her drawing potential, or do you think that there are things that they could potentially do with her without right. being? Um, in that I mean, there are. But if your title, if your world title is is the top prize, and the and the company is centered around it, um, I can't imagine it being a bad thing. Her still holding that title, um, but she- I mean, I, I suppose you could do something like uh, a mixed tag match, like maybe a main event for one of these US shows where you could have Okada and Mercedes teaming up against. I don't know, like <sighs> Naito and another starter wrestler, for example. Do you think that is uh, appealing or no? No, you're making doubtful know, noises there. This. Um, like, I guess, I guess that, that, that might go back to my dislike of uh, intergender matches. I, I just, um, A, I don't like them, period. Um, just because I just don't, I just don't feel comfortable with them. I don't know. I, I know. I, and it's not like the, the women can't work. It has nothing to do with that. Trust me. It just has something to do with a guy punching a girl, <laughs> even though it's pro wrestling. I just don't, I don't like it. I don't know. It makes me, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Um, the, now could they do that? They could. I'm kind of hoping that they don't. I, I, I'm kind of hoping that they don't do something like that. Like, why would, like, okay. So, I, I I understand that New Japan can utilize her uh, star power and her wrestling ability. And, she, you know, you put her on a show and 
it's going to get some buzz. Um, she's a stardom pro wrestler. You know, she's not a New Japan. I mean, she's the IWGP Women's Heavyweight Champion. True, and which is not the biggest belt in stardom, correct? Or is it? Right. Uh, no, it's not the biggest belt in stardom. It right. was not okay. the so main event go. of the, you have the Hummer show. So, I mean, right now. <laughs> Not for nothing. Why not give her that, keep her that title? I, I mean, if it's already according to Stardom's booking, a secondary title, and in New Japan it is the main title uh, for uh, the young ladies to compete for. It's, uh, I, I mean, I, well, well, let me ask you this: what what title would you rather have? I, I gotta be honest with that. Rather have the IWGP and be and be on guaranteed be on big New Japan shows. I can't see her tr- like traveling the circuit. Do you? No, I don't. I was just wondering. You know, would it be viable for her to be challenging for some of the other belts in Stardom or? Again, I'm I'm out of my depth here, so I think I would be better off asking someone who knows more about the stardom scene than me. Um, but either way, we will be seeing more of uh, Mercedes Monet on New Japan shows. Would you expect to see her at Resurgence? Uh, I would... Where is Resurgence? Do you know where it's at? Uh, Resurgence, that's the one yeah. at the uh, Water Pyramids. That's I would May say. 21st. I will go probably with an almost definitely. <laughs> I can't imagine. Why wouldn't they? My Lord. Yeah, I think. I, I, I Listen, I, I, they would be dumb not to. Right, let's move on to discuss the collision shows that took place last weekend. So they had a lot of bad luck with various injuries and, and people missing. TJP was not able to attend. Eddie Kingston got injured. Tanahashi got hurt after the first night and was not able to make the uh, the Philly show. But I thought they sort of recovered well from it and shuffled things around um, to deliver Two decent shows. And not only that, the Fight TV feed was flawless. Absolutely no issues. I I didn't encounter any. So bravo, whatever they've done differently, whatever they've fixed uh, has done the trick there. And uh, yeah, absolutely zero issues watching it. It was a a pleasant viewing experience. My only actual complaint is Fight TV need to put a double speed (laughs) option for playing back stuff because... (laughs) <laughs> I really could have done with that watching some of these matches back. Just um, you know, d- d- just build it into your player, please. I know obviously it's not possible for the live stuff, but for the replays, it can be done. But uh, yeah, any no, surprisingly not down your end. Um, I'm actually quite happy and quite surprised because uh, you know, you know me and Fight TV, we don't we don't have the best relationship. Uh, every time I get something from them, it's. Never works, always buffers, and I think everybody uh, listening here has had at least one time or another similar experiences, so yeah, good for them. They plugged in the USB 
uh, cord. <laughs> they, they, uh, they found the one wire that was loose and jangled it. They blew into the cartridge. Whatever the fuck they did, it worked. So keep keep doing that, please. Keep doing that. Um, but yeah, I thought the shows looked good. Um, I thought the crowds were, were fine. Um, Philly wound up being close to sold out, which is nice. Um, and DC, it looked like they had uh, quite a few tickets left over, uh, but nothing that was too, like, it wasn't like uh, the long beach situation where they were doing camera shots and, uh, you know, all you saw were fucking bleachers and like uh, random people <laughs> scattered about it wasn't that. So, uh, yeah, I think it looked good. Everything sounded good. Um, I mean, to a certain degree that some of the commentary was just, whew, poor, poor Ian, <laughs> poor Ian. It was just, this guy's got to fucking hold, these guys got to hold it down. Oh boy. It was, he was, I felt so bad for him because he had his work come out for him. Uh, but other than that, everything seemed to be uh, pretty smooth. You know, I did have my head in my hands when one of the announcers used the phrase uh, championship opportunity. I was like, ah, Vince poisoning the well for the entire US wrestling scene. Um, but uh, I'm not going to go through this match by match. I've drawn out what I thought are the interesting talking points and tidbits. And uh, First person I would like to discuss is one Clark Connor. So he appeared uh, on the first night. So he wrestled in a 10-man tag match. Uh, alongside DKC, Leo Rush, Rocky Romero, and Chuck Taylor, and they lost against the team Kevin Knight, Gabe Kidd, Mike Bailey, Volador Jr., and Kushida, which is a fantastic match. And you know, I love these multi-man uh, strong tag matches. I think they always deliver. Everyone gets their shit in. They go 100 miles an hour, and it's a lot of really fun stuff. There was a, a great – was it near the end? They did like a, a doomsday something or other with um, – Kevin Knight and Kushida. I can't even remember what the move was, but it, it looked tremendous. And I think it was DKC took a, a huge bump off that, which was great. And then afterwards, Clark was very upset and attacked DKC. And then later on, David Finley announced that Clark Connors was his latest recruit to Bullet Club. And then the following night, we saw the debut of Bullet Club. Clark Connors, uh, he wrestled against against his uh, his teammate on from the first night, DKC. Um, basically a six-minute enhancement match. He won with a spear. And I like this. I thought it was a nice, fresh coat of paint for Clark Connors. I was concerned about him, the trajectory he was going when he was basically Taguchi's goofy comedy sidekick. That was no good. Uh, the Wild Rhino thing was a bit of a an, an odd gimmick that I don't think was playing to Clark's strengths. I think I've seen the best from Carl... Uh, Carl Clark um, in the Forbidden Door match that he had where he was sort of the undersized underdog baby face in that match. I think it was the, for the Atlantic title. So I thought that was a really good spot for him. But if we're not getting him as a heavyweight, whilst he's still a junior, and I think he may transition to heavyweight eventually, but him being a powerhouse bully junior is a much better fit for him than goofy comedy sidekick. So I think this is good. I like him. I, I I like the new vibe of the Bullet Club because, you know, a lot of people are complaining and saying, oh, you know, it's just the same as the old one. It's just, you know, dudes with beards and long hair. I think that's a bit reductive because, you know, we're going to talk about Finley in a, in a bit, but the comparisons between him and Jay White, they're, 
they're different characters. Jay White was the crafty, cowardly heel who would cheat and use shortcuts to get his advantage and sort of outsight people and have these sort of uh, mind games and game plans to compensate for his other deficiencies. Because, you know, at the end of the day, he wasn't, in kayfabe at least, wasn't good enough to, you know, wrestle toe-to-toe with his opponents. Um, So he had to use all these shenanigans to get the upper hand. That was part of his gimmick. David Finlay is not that. David Finlay is having the, the the presentation of this gimmick of being ruthless. He's a killer. You know, he's just going to go out there from from the first bell and just beat the crap out of you and take you out before you've got a chance to react. So this is not heel interference bullet club. You know, there's no... Ghetto's not grabbing people's heels in the David Finley matches. And so with that um, aesthetic, with, with that sort of being set out for this new iteration of the Bullet Club, I think it's quite good for Clark Connors because, again, he's not... I don't think he's going to be cheating. This is just... Bullet Club is now for <laughs> the angry white dudes who feel they haven't got a, a fair crack at the whip. So I'm excited to see where it goes with Clark, Clark Connors. I think he, he looks good in the new gear. Uh, I think the new attitudes... Uh, I'm excited to see how that plays out in Best of the Super Juniors. So Flynn says, thoughts on Clark joining Bullet Club... I know it's a pretty boring faction at this point, but it at least feels like an elevation from LA Dojo Purgatory. Uh, so yeah, Clark make, uh, Flynn makes a good point there. You know, at least hopefully this is going to start seeing him travel to Japan more regularly. Uh, would you like to see a deep run for him in Best of the Super Juniors? Maybe some Deadwood should be ditched from the faction and Coglin and Kid should join too. Would certainly freshen up Bullet Club and make them, f- f- make them not feel like such jobbers. So sorry, I've talked a lot there. David, what did you think about no, you're fine. Clark um, joining the- Bullet Club? Like for Clark, it's you know you're joining Bullet Club. You instantly have credibility. You instantly have a pocket, large pocket of fans that you know just because you wear the T-shirt, um, you're going to be appreciated a little bit more. You're going to get cheered a little bit more, or boo, or you know you're going to get more of a reaction. Um, it it will elevate you. I mean, no matter what role you play, if you play, if you're wearing the T-shirt, it helps. Um, That being said, uh, I mean, Bullet Club is what, 10 years old, 11 years old uh, as, you know, as a group, as a faction. Uh, And I think people, I don't know, you know, you hear people are sick and tired of it and you hear people are kind of, you know, Hand waving some of this uh, new breed of Bullet Club, a new versions, but you know it has to change. It has to 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 move forward, and I think people get stuck in what they latch on to. I think people, you know, how many people knew, uh, you know, Carl Anderson, and how many people knew. Uh, Tamatanga, and how many people knew whomever, Yujiro, um, before they got into Bullet Club and probably into Bullet Club via Bucks, uh, you know, AJ, shit like that, right? So you're kind of, you kind of hold on to that version. It's like the Four Horsemen, you know, everybody has their opinion, but honestly, you know, four horsemen are Tully, Arn, you know, you could argue Luger, but 
for most people, it's Tully, Arn, Oli, and Flair. Um, and as they added members and removed members, it just, I don't know. I think people feel like it dilutes it and it's just a, uh, as one uh, Joe Lanza would say, a dollar store version of what they remember. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily fair because, uh, once again, nobody knew who Bullet Club was before. And, you know, you 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 got into it. People got into it. People still get into it. Um, I think I think it, it, it's fair to say, give it time. I understand that it you have to put yourself in a mind frame of uh, of accepting change. Right. That's hard for pro wrestling fans. Trust me. Uh, but but I think. I think if you if you're holding on to the past, then you're missing out on good stuff and possibly even better stuff just because you got this sour taste in your mouth because it's not like it was before. It's like a band putting out a new album and the sound isn't the same as their first three. And you're like, Oh, what the fuck? But yet it's still a great album. Um, maybe that's a piss poor analogy, but that's the best one I can come up with right now on the fly. <laughs> uh, but I think just give it, give it a little time. It hasn't even been, it hasn't even been six months and people are already shitting, shitting on the idea. So, all right, uh, but I like I like Clark Connors in. I think it's going to be good for him. Uh, but but you know, let's see what happens with him in Bullet Club. That's all I ask. Let's just wait and see. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over forty, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. How do you think Clark goes or should go in Best of the Super Juniors? Uh, I mean... If we're trying to establish the, the guy, you know, he's he, he should have more wins than he does losses. Uh, he should get a win over a guy that maybe people wouldn't expect him to get a win. Um, you know, if they're if they want to do that, I'm not saying he has to walk away with the trophy, but I'm just he should be in the mix. He should be in the mix if if we're trying to make this guy a star in the fans eyes that's always the hardest part trust me you know new japan they they like their homegrown and and they like their you know to build their stars and it's a slow slow grind of a build um you got to be there for the whole ride you got to be there for the whole ride um they're not going to just parachute Clark Connors in and him be a stud. Now, that being said, um, Jay White, well, you know what? Not even Jay White was presented as a star, but let's be honest, Jay White lost many of his, you know, 
first series of, of big matches. Uh, Great Ocon, same thing. So it's not a guarantee just because you got a new coat of paint that you automatically rise to the top. It's a build. And I don't know. I kind of like that. I think Clark could be the kind of guy in Best of the Super Juniors who goes on the early hot streak, you know, maybe wins his first three matches or maybe even four matches and looks like they're you know, going to maybe even sweep the block. But obviously they don't in the end. He got eight points last year, so I think he should go higher than that. I think he should get 10. But um, maybe a direction for him could be to pin whoever is a junior tag champion at that time, you know, whether that is a a TJP or an Acura or a Kushida or a Kevin Knight to possibly set up something with um, Clark and Ishimori challenging for the junior tag belt. So, yeah, I think Clark needs to do something. He needs to make some waves in either the junior singles or the junior tag division. If he comes out of it with eight points again, with nothing on his plate for the future, then I would say they've dropped the ball there. So... Yeah, I would like to see something happen with Clark. He doesn't necessarily need to make the finals, but he yeah. just needs to make some waves. Um, that will move us on to a quick chat about David Finley, who did have a match during Collision. So he wrestled against AR Fox on the first night and won in 10 minutes, 28 seconds with the Trash Man. A surprisingly good match. I mean, I saw that second match on the cards and I thought, uh, you know, it's just I'm not expecting a huge amount there, but I thought they went pretty hard all things considered. So I was quite impressed by that. And yeah, I would say like, you know, as you said, I think people need to look past the long hair and the beard and the black leather and see that this is not Jay White. This is a different character. There's a different aesthetic to it. Uh, The 94th Min writes in and says, with Finley's threat of potentially removing more Bullet Club members before, quote, they get to him, uh, who do you think or hope is next on the chopping block? And who could potentially replace them? Uh, Paula says, uh, what are your thoughts about Clark? We talked about that. Finley's demand for savages as new members. Uh, Ryan says, David Finley continues to impress me with his heel work. I especially love the promo. So he's included a link to a very good promo he cut there. What's your over-under on him being the second Gaijin G1 Climax winner? Don't mean this year, but eventually. So, yeah, I mean, you talked a bit about David Finley before. Uh, I'm really impressed with his promos, actually. I think this... I'm probably going to get pilloried for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think he is a more interesting promo than Jay White. I know Jay White gets lauded for what a great promo he is. If, you know, Maybe this is just sour grapes from me that he's left New Japan. But I did find, and I do find Jay White promos very one note. I mean, they all follow the same pattern and rhythm and cadence where he starts talking <laughs> and then he gets angry and then starts shouting and then kids are all awake now. David Finley, I think, is a bit more versatile. <laughs> uh, yeah, I need to be careful, actually. Uh, David Finley, there's sort of more of a quiet menace behind his words and and I really feel that there is many, many years of genuine resentment and anger behind his words that I think make this new sort of savage character believable and, and threatening to me. So I don't know if he's necessarily talking about kicking out a current Bullet Club member, but I mean, if, you know, if he wants to kick out, I don't know, Chase Owens, go for it. I would say no to that. Uh, but I think he's more talking about 
the fact that he doesn't want to end up like uh, an AJ Styles or Jay White, whatever. He doesn't want to be the guy who is the guy who gets kicked out. He's the guy who's always going to be watching his back and is going to take preemptive action. Like if he even sniffs a shred of disloyalty, that's it. You're out. You're going to get your head kicked in as he did with ELP. So yeah, I think this is a more sort of vicious, ruthless bullet club leader than sort of the crafty manipulator that Jay White was. And yeah, I personally find it quite interesting. Uh, Do I think he's going to be a G1 Climax winner? I don't know. You know, I need to see if he can consistently deliver very high quality matches. I would say, you know, what's what's the best David Finley singles match I've seen? I, I would I was probably say, Juice, yeah. say the Juice Robinson match in last year's G1 Climax. I thought that was really excellent. Yeah. Um, so I think he can deliver at a very high level. But again, can he deliver at the level of, a you know, an Okada, a Naito, a Kenny, Ibushi, JY, Osprey, Shingo? I haven't seen it yet, but you know that may, maybe that's an unfair expectation to put on him. But then again, they've made him leader of the Bullet Club, and that with it comes a lot yep. of prestige and expectation. Um, so I will reserve judgment. But from what I've seen so far, no, I don't think he is at that elite level of the you know the wrestlers that I've just mentioned. So if you'll excuse the pun, uh, do I think he could be a G One Climax winner? Probably not. Again, I, I think we need to see, one, that he is able to wrestle at that tippy-top level, and two, is he a draw? You know, is he moving tickets? Is this a guy that fans, Western and Japanese, want to slap down their money to see him in, in those high positions? And again, we've not seen enough evidence of that. So if you ask me now, do I think he's a G1 Climax winner? I would say no. Um, would it shock me if it happens in the future? No, I, that, it, it wouldn't stun me either. I don't think it will happen, but... Uh, again, I'm working with limited information here. I need to see how this run plays out. No, but that's true, though. I mean, we do need a, a little bit bigger data set to to really make a decision on it. He's never really had the opportunity to uh, be at a level that is expected of of him as you know a and I'll put in air quotes bullet club leader. Um. I mean that that you're right. That does come with it some um, standards, <laughs> right? Um, now, do I think that he can do it? I do. I absolutely do. I don't. I don't give see any reason why he couldn't. Um, he's just never really had the opportunity to do it. Um, and 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 we will see if 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 it's there. Um, you know, one group that really drives their popularity is is merch sales. Um, and as long as we're selling Bullet Club t-shirts and we're selling Bullet Club merch, um, all's fine, right? The one thing that I always, well, not always, but, you know, I have thought of in the past weeks, and especially when it comes to David Finley, is uh, back when we had uh, Hinare on. Uh, and... What he said of when, you know, Will Ospreay came to him and and kind of pitched the idea of him being in uh, United Empire. And I found that kind of fascinating in the sense that, you know, it sounded like Will had the the authority or wherewithal or pull or whatever to kind of have an idea of who he wanted in this faction. 
Um, I don't know if if David Finley has that or that's even on the table for David Finley. But um, he look right now, he has a very prominent position in the in, you know, in the whole pecking order of New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. You know, being the leader of the Bullet Club does have, you know, quite a uh, quite a quite a history. And, you know, you're in big storylines and you are in big matches. So, I mean, they trust him. They they see it in him. They um, feel that he's a guy that can carry that torch into you know, 2024, 2025, and maybe further. Who knows? Um, but I will say this. Generally, every time there's been a a move in Bullet Club, there's always been a, been a noisy pocket of fans that are like, oh, this guy? They did it with Kenny. They did it with... Uh, uh, Jay White. They did it. They and they're doing it now. Like it just seems like people take a little bit of time to warm up to changes. That's really what I what I put it down to. They they take a little bit of time to get used to changes, and I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not sitting here on you know thinking you know this doesn't. I do it. So, but yeah. I mean, I, all I ask is give it time because the, the dude has not been given an opportunity into this point, until this point, to be a top guy. Let's see what we got. Sean writes in and asks, Finley and Owens both responded when the crowd chanted for Jay White. Well, Forbidden Door 2 featured Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. Morning ProRest says, has AW's decision to go with the same long-in-the-tooth version of Jay White and a knockoff of Bullet Club done some damage to their partner, New Japan, during their own attempt to rebrand Bullet Club around Finley. Finley's done a great job, but can he ever feel like Bullet Club's top guy if Jay is lingering? Um, and I think there's a good point there. And I've said before, I, I'm not thrilled at the prospect of doing Bullet Club versus Bullet Club. That doesn't interest me at all. I, I just, I kind of, I need a break from the Switchblade Jay White character. Um, he can mix it up with the AW guys. He's, he's not wrestled before. I think that'll be fine for their product. I don't particularly want to see it interacting with New Japan, and look the the angle at the I can't remember which the name of the show, but the one where Finley attacked Jay White and kind of booted him out of the company. That I think sort of signified that Finley is I don't know had the upper hand on Jay was better than him. I don't yeah. know, but I mean at, at the very least they did that to show you know Finley sort of physically standing over Jay White saying, you know, you piece of shit, I'm, how dare you, blah, 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 whatever it is he said. So it's not like Jay was sort of quietly ushered out of the company and didn't get to interact with Finley. Finley, the, the last the last time we saw Jay White in New Japan was him getting beaten up by Finley. So I think they did about as much as they could there. I think, you know, maybe in hindsight, it would have been better if it was Finley actually beating Jay White in that losing you star match rather than Eddie, Eddie Kingston. But hey, maybe they will get to that match in the future. Who knows? But do you feel that Jay White standing on AW saying, I'm Bullet Club gold leader or whatever they're calling it, do you feel that is hamstringing uh, David Finley's sure. attempt to get over as Bullet Club leader? No doubt. 
uh, I mean, maybe not in Japan per se, but um, you know, you figure the the multitude of Bullet Club fans that are in the United States, and you can turn on your TV every Tuesday night and see Jay White, you know, preach about Bullet Club stuff. Look, to me, first of all, who owns Bullet Club? In in the sense of in actual real life making money, who owned Bullet Club? New Japan, right? Yes, that's a great question. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, what are New Japan gaining from allowing AW to use the Bullet Club branding like that? I, look, I I find it amazing. Things would be so much, and I say better, but, but I really mean mean clearer and more definitive definitive having jay had gone to wwe because now there is this somewhat confusion of of what like what what are we doing here <laughs> i guess is my question like what are we doing here it like you've had multiple opportunities to have multiple chances to have this be i don't know a little bit more special than it is and i hate to say it but in the eyes of many this is an uh, this is an argument over the two people that were the least popular <laughs> bullet club uh leaders and or members for for that matter so I don't know. Like, yeah, I think I think the AEW thing is just another layer of confusion. Now, again, the idea of oh, okay, they're gonna you know find a way to have a match together and blah 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 blah. Okay, and fight over Bullet Club. Great. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Who cares? <laughs> I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. You, you, that ship has sailed. Um, and I wish that it was just a, a, a more of a clear cut, clean, just rip the band aid off. Have Jay just be different. I don't know. Be, be somewhat different. Don't even acknowledge Bullet Club. Like Juice Robinson is in Bullet Club, right? I don't know. Like, does anybody remember that? Does anybody know that? <laughs> right? Does anybody? I just, it's just, it's one of those things where it's so spread thin that you, you know, you don't even, you don't even know the the, the jam is on the biscuit, <laughs> right? Or the scone, if you will. Uh, it's, who knows? It's like just such... Uh, I, Bullet, Bullet Club ideas and booking just needs to focus. It just needs to focus and just have it in, in New Japan because having it in, in Impact and having it in, in AEW and having it in... Uh, who cares anymore? Who cares anymore? Well, I'll tell you someone who sounds like they don't care is our friend Antonio. So I don't know if you guys will see the question. We, we do see the question. But it will be safe here. So here we go. Why is NJPW doesn't kill Bullet Club instead of continue to keep something that is old, lame shit and, to be honest, outdated 
with stuff like David Finlay becoming leader of BC, uh, David Finlay becoming leader or BC Black and Gold. Just why continue with something that is lame and outdated like NWO was in the late 90s to early thousands? But Damon will, with bullshit excuse of, well, it's because merch sales are great and stuff, even though those sales are good, because of the elite G1 Superguard proved it. I mean, look at G1 in Dallas. Like Damon likes talk about did 4K in 20K honor that showed drawing power without elite. Don't understand why continue with BC when BC died when Kenny left. Just don't understand why do you guys have in scoop or something why BC is still alive? Thoguths. Oh, Here's an idea, Damon, right? This is, I've had this um, suggested by uh, yeah. numerous people in the Discord. Do you think that New Japan should sell the Bullet Club rights to Tony Khan and just get rid of it? I mean, from a personal standpoint, I would, I would do cartwheels. From a... Uh, I would be happy if, if, if New Japan just took sole possession of it. And it just stayed here. Um, look, the the best way that you can support uh, or not support the idea of Bullet Club in 2023 is don't spend your money. Right? Don't spend your money. And it's not a bullshit excuse. Give me, I mean, it's it's there because it's still, to this day, the idea of it still works. It still does. Um, again, you're used to back then. This is now. Now you can argue what's better. Absolutely, and I and I'm under the. the I'm with team. It was probably better before, and it, it it has run its course. No doubt. No fucking doubt. No one's denying that. The problem is, is that. The money still keeps coming in. Right? So for everybody who's sick and tired of it and everybody who is there, listen, they're a pro wrestling company. And they're, the idea is, is to get people, human beings, to give a shit enough to buy a ticket. That is what they're doing. People care. People still show up. Now. Can an argument be made that, hey, you're squeezing everything you can from this lemon. You're getting every drop you possibly fucking can. It's kind of run its course. And I think that uh, if you don't make a move or do something or change it up or just end it completely, people are going to reject the idea of it going on. We've seen that a trillion times through the history of pro wrestling absolutely no doubt but until the money stops that's it it's it's <laughs> look new japan is not going to stop anything until the money stops so the, the, i mean that's your answer that's your fucking answer. Now, David Finley doesn't impact the books. And when I mean the books, the financial books. Uh, and or and or there's a negative from it. 
that's when they'll react. That's when they'll react. Or if David Finley says, oh, my contract's up, <laughs> bye, maybe Bullet Club ends then. But it ain't ending anytime soon. It ain't ending anytime soon. Um, so they answered the question, would I care if Tony Khan bought it? Uh, no, <laughs> no. From a fan perspective, I'm over it. But I can, you know, it's not hard to figure out why it's still here. Yeah. When you clowns stop buying the T-shirts, they'll stop flogging the dead horse. So there you go. Vote with your feet, people. Um, let's talk about uh, Gay Kids. So he had a AW International Championship match against Orange Cassidy, which allegedly was Orange Cassidy's 19th defense, which sounds insane to me. But 11-minute uh, match, uh, Cassidy won with a mousetrap and retains the AW International Championship. Uh, pretty good match. I mean, I, it's always I'm always happy to see Gay Kid in action because he sort of dropped off a bit, and I worried about you know whether it was going to end up a, another Carl Frederick situation. And this match was notable for the fact that they did show David Finlay and Clark Connors watching intently uh, from up in the right. I don't know where they were, but they were watching the match basically. So that was definitely big red flashing light saying, "Ah, oh, is." Uh, Gabe Kidd's going to be the next person to be recruited. And he would fit with the, the current um, Savages ethos of the Bullet Club with, uh, you know, angry angry boys who are being overlooked. So he, I mean, is Gabe Kidd a heel? Yeah, he is cutting uh, aggressive and threatening heelish promos. So I think he would sort of fit with the, yeah, like I said, with the, the dynamics of the current Bullet Club. But, you know, maybe they'll do something different with it. Um, maybe he will resist against it and end up Gabe Kid could be a good fit for the, the strong style faction. I'm not sure. I mean, there's a couple of different directions, but um, either way, I would just like something to be done with Gabe Kid. I would like to see him put on the sort of the regular touring uh, schedules in Japan rather than him sort of sitting there collecting dust uh, in the States or in the UK. Uh, so, what did you think of Gabe Kid this weekend? What do you think the future holds for him? I thought he was fine this weekend. Um, I think, at least here in the States, they're giving him a little bit more uh, spotlight, which is nice. Um, I am concerned, though. I'm not going to lie. I am concerned that it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for him to make a splash. Right? Um, we, have, we have a roster that's pretty stacked right um, and we have like like are we just putting them in a faction to put them in a faction like what like what what purpose is Gabe Kidd going to hold um and I just not at this time maybe in the future maybe whatever uh like like I just, I don't know. I, what, what? Like, there's a lot of people that are in that boat, too. You know, fighting for the same position. And we said this that when COVID got, you know, more relaxed and lifted and and all that stuff, and when people can finally get back to some normal sense of what pro wrestling is, there's going to be a lot of guys fighting for just a few positions. Right. New Japan can't afford right now 
to be flying people in and out and uh, only the core people right now um to a, to, to a certain degree I, I you know you got it i i don't mean to make this sound you know as harsh as it may sound but is gabe kid worth an airline ticket to fucking tokyo I don't know. I think so. I, I think we're, we're starting to reach way. a point where it's like use them or lose them. You're going to lose them. You're going to lose them. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in because one, I just don't see, I don't see where he, where he would go, like where he would fit, what they would do, and I'm sure they can come up with something creative, but like that whole dojo system. You know, between Coglin, between Connors, between all him, all of them, like there's only so many spaces. Like what? what how? What are you going to do? And I think he's going to be an odd man out. And and the reason why he's going to be an odd man out is because he's used sporadically here in the states. Like it doesn't feel like he's used on every single show. Um, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but I, but to me, there's, there's guys that are lapping him, and I don't see where he. Like, I, I, let me ask you this: of this current roster, of this current, who would you give up to put in uh, to replace with Gabe Kid? Okay, well, look, can I start off by saying? They do seem to be making an effort with him. Like he was given a showcase singles match against Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, who is returning to New Japan off the back of kicking Jay White out of the company. And with that falling through, he had this singles match against an AEW champion. So it's not like he's being buried in multi-man undercard matches. I think he's been given showcase singles match here. So I think that is counts for something. And I think there is some smoke to this fire with with David Finlay watching him. What happens? I don't know. Um, who could he replace? Well, let's give him Chase Owens a spot. Let's have Finlay say, right, Chase, you're disloyal. You're out. Gabe kids, you're in. You're young. You're hungry. You've got more upside. And yeah, he can have Chase's spot. Okay. I mean, but, but what you're asking New Japan to do is clean house on people that um, maybe they're well past what we would expect as a welcome. And we're going to bring in a bunch of new people and a bunch of people that quite honestly aren't big names, right? And now we're going to turn them into big names, right? Like that's... That's going to be interesting. Let's put it that way. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting. Now, again, United Kingdom. You know, they had a, 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 a have a bunch of guys that people didn't really know, and you know, look look at what where they are now. So I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just like, look. I hope it happens because I think he's good. I think he's really good. I don't know. I just find it. I don't know. I just can't see right now. I can't see him being a major cog in a wheel. I just don't. Maybe that changes. I don't know. I just don't see it right now. 
Well, don't know if you intentionally set me up by talking of Cogs there, but let's talk about Alex Coughlin while we're on the uh, the LA Dojo boys, who had, I thought it was a fantastic match against Tracy Williams, an ROH pure rules match, uh, 12 minutes, 49 seconds. Coughlin won with the German suplex. And I thought, let's give credit to Tracy Williams here for helping to um, play his part in a match that showcased all of Alex Coughlin's strengths, just some fantastic, spectacular uh, showcases of Coughlin's power and, and you know deadlifting ability and Alex came out of this looking like a, a monster so I thought they did a really good job there one of the best matches of the weekend uh, but yeah he is another one where you're thinking okay you know you've given him this this match where you've made him look great what next and again it's the, it's the same thing as Gabe Kids you think use him or lose him because Carl Fredericks is what happens if you don't use these guys. Um, so do you think Alex Coglin is a guy who is going to be absorbed into the, the full-time traveling roster to Japan? Or is he another guy who's just going to get lost in the shuffle? I mean, they tried with the Android gimmick, right? <laughs> um, look, I'm... I'm they'll get work under the new Japan banner. No doubt. Right. So if they're on shows or if there are shows in the United States under the new Japan banner, absolutely. You can expect to see them as you should. The question is, is that are we going to see them in the mix in Japan on the tours Involved in storylines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What indication have you gotten, Joel, that New Japan is going to do that? Because I haven't gotten any. Yeah, very little. I mean, I, I hoped that following the World Tag League, where I thought they had a pretty good showing, that they would get regular work. But no, they're, they're on the back burner. I don't know, man. Like, it just could be we're waiting for current contracts to expire and guys who are on contracts might be let go and they, that might free up a bit of capital to sort of freshen up the roster a bit. I don't know, but that that's hope more than expectation. We're just repeating ourselves at this point. I think both of us would love to see Alex Coughlin as a, a fresh face and a, a young, exciting wrestler uh, be, be featured more heavily, but whether or not that will actually happen... Your, your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. I mean, I just, right now, they're 100% involved in the U.S. shows. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, things have changed. Things have changed since COVID. Right? Uh, you know, strong, what we thought strong was going to be and what it was for a decent amount of time doesn't seem like it is what it was um and and we knew that that was going to impact a lot of those guys a lot of those guys are i mean look that that dojo and i put in air quotes looks a lot different right from uh people that are there People that are wrestlers, people that are management, people that are 
uh, in-ring officials. Uh, there's, there's, there's changes. I just don't. They let's put it this way. They have yet to give me an indication that they are all in on those people to this date. So, so that is what I'm basing my opinion on is the fact that yes, they might have some pretty marquee matches here in the States. They might be put in a spotlight match or two, but I don't know if that translates into I'm a New Japan pro wrestler in Japan in a storyline that is mid-card or higher. Right. Um, let's stick with the Bullet Club guys then. So where Kenta successfully defending the strong open weight championship against Eddie Edwards in uh, 18 minutes, 42 seconds. The match started off very, very slow and boring, but it got good in the end. Like There were some weird dynamics here because... You know, Kenta has been is the heel and it has been winning these strong title matches by cheating. But the crowd really wanted to cheer him and they wanted to boo Eddie Edwards. So I don't know if they sort of called an audible here and restructured the match to get uh, a more sort of baby face spots for Kenta. But uh, I mean, he did cheat in the end, but he, Eddie Edwards was cheating as well. So if it was called on the fly, I thought they did a pretty good job there. But this was kind of like a, a love letter to both these guys' uh, respective times in Noah. There were loads of Noah uh, callbacks because obviously both these guys uh, former THC champions. Um, but it just feels like, you know, this strong openweight championship, it's a bit of a white elephant at the moment. You know, there is no strong. What is the purpose of this belt? It just feels like it, it's pointless. There's too many titles. I think this is one we could be getting rid of. So, um Thoughts on the match, and should we get rid of the strong title? Uh, match was okay. It was fine. Um, it was, I don't want to say it was your typical Kenta US match. Um, but, no, look, the title is meaningless. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, who gives a shit about the strong title at this point? It's, it, it's not what it was. It's not what it was intended to be. It's 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 somebody who has a uh, the modern day version of the fucking Western States heritage title. That's exactly what it is. Who gives a shit? You know, there's a reason why Larry Zabisco held that fucking title, because who gives a shit? Um, so, yeah, uh, look, dude, I think it's if you listen to the show for any length, you know, we 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 have too many titles. We have too many too many championships. Everybody's got a fucking belt. Um, and this is another perfect example of like why why are we doing this? Why are, why are we doing this? And not only why are we doing this, but why are why is this match happening? <laughs> you know, just I don't know. It's just one of those things where it just feels like anything that happens in the United States feels a, like a out of step, like one step out of step with what's going on in uh, Japan. So I don't know, uh, but the match was fine. The match was fine. I nothing to write home about, but it was, it was good. It was fine. Oh, yeah, sticking with titles that should disappear, we've got the strong open weight titles. Uh, so night one, there was the three-way uh, tag team championship match with Aussie Open defeating the champions, Motor City Machine Guns and Tanahashi and Okada to 
become the new strong openweight champions and then they retain them the following night against uh, Leo Rush and Tomohiro Ishii, which is a team sort of called on the fly there in 20 minutes. Uh, both pretty good matches and Aussie Open making a strong case. I mean, they probably are tag team of the year so far. Not just New Japan. I mean, I don't watch a huge amount of stuff outside of New Japan, but by all accounts, they are making a, a very loud case for being tag team of the year. And uh, it's only April. They're doing tremendous work. Um, Louis says, we all felt that moonsault landing Fletcher did during his match. What move or moves do you guys think wrestlers should reconsider doing to prevent potential injuries? Those ones always do make me wince. I mean, we saw, what was it? Is it TKO Ryan? The, the ROH guy who busted his yeah. leg up doing that move on the guardrail. Um, yeah, Carl Fletcher should stop doing that, really. And just looking, I don't know if you saw the video released last week from Will Ospreay talking about how banged up he is and how he's had to change his style and he doesn't think he can go for much longer. Carl Fletcher would do well to watch that and listen to that. And I'm not saying that Carl Fletcher should you know, immediately change his style to being a you know map-based grappler but this is not about you know being a having longevity in the sport it's not about your age it's about miles on the clock and will osprey is still a young man but he's already so beaten up and is suffering from injuries and you just you don't want these people to end up like the next dynamite kid so Whilst I want to celebrate Aussie Open and the fantastic year that they're having and, and be excited about the future for Kyle Fletcher as a potential singles wrestler, um, you know, I don't want to say look at Osprey as a cautionary tale, but you know that is a, a, a man who is wrestling this incredibly physical, intense style and has been doing that for many years and it is catching up to him. So double-edged sword, isn't it, Damon? Yeah, no doubt. That style, you 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 can't possibly last long. Um, now that being said, we've you know we've seen lots of Will Ospreay, and and he has altered his style a lot. You know, he really has. Uh, but we've seen it. Like, there's a pro wrestling mentality, and that pro wrestling mentality is as is this is what I do, and this is how I go, and I'm gonna ride this horse until it, until it falls over and keels over. You know, that's really the mindset. Um, and it doesn't hurt, or it doesn't help, rather, the fact that every one of those spectacular moves that takes months off of his career, we're standing up and fucking applauding and cheering. I mean, there is something to be said about that. Will Ospreay is popular because of all the shit that he does, <laughs> right? Give me, give me another reason why Will Ospreay is popular. And that's not a knock on Will Ospreay, but it, but it, you know, it's not like it's this, this complex, wild character that people are hooking onto. It's, it, it's the fact that he's Will Ospreay and he does amazing fucking things in the ring. Yeah, that's. That's a that is a double edged sword, you know. It's it's made him a star, a superstar, a a major name. The problem is, is that yeah, you get a video like he did, basically saying, "I can't fucking do this anymore. I just can't fucking do it anymore. It's just the body can't hold up any longer." 
you know, that's that's what happens. And I, I know I mention it a ton of times, but, you know, a guy like Okada or a guy like Tanahashi who can barely fucking walk, right? It's, you know, it's amazing. And then that music hits and they have that pro wrestling mentality and out they go. And we're doing the, the, the same crazy shit that got them in this situation in the first place. Um, but I get it. I get it. But you know what, though? I, I will say this, too. I think that's in every sport. I think that's every sport. You mean to tell me there aren't hockey players right now that are just kind of hanging on and they and they might be a step behind and the body is just bruised and battered but yet they're going out there and and doing their best to to deliver what they're known to do right um yes could will osprey be turn turn himself into fucking i don't know dean malenko and just be mr matt wrestler i mean could but will knows you know this is what this is what got me here and it's going to be hard to give that up, no doubt. Right, let's touch on the situation with the IWGP US title tournament. So night one, we had a match between Fred Rosser and Juice Robinson. That was a no contest after Juice Robinson uh, attacked Fred before the bell. Fred had been saying a lot of stuff how he was going to humiliate Juice in front of his, his partner, Tony Storm. And there was a chair with Tony Storm's name on it. And Juice did the Will Smith thing and said, keep your wife's name <laughs> no, keep my wife's name. I don't know who Fred Ross is. He doesn't have a wife. He's gay. So. Well, <laughs> that would have been funny if he did, if he said keep keep your wife's name out of my fucking mouth. That wouldn't have made any sense. Uh, but then uh, Juice was suspended by New Japan, and Fred Ross took his place in the US number one contenders tournament first round match so instead of having lance versus juice we got lance versus fred rosser which lance won after 14 minutes 22 seconds and the match was very boring and i didn't like it and it was just a walk and brawl and they hit each other with kendo sticks and uh, i felt very sad watching it i did want fred rosser to win i thought he would have been uh, a fun and interesting choice to go through to that uh, final at dominion but instead it's lance archer so uh friend of the show john john enright he does our um uh, co-hosting duties from time to time says I know this was a chance for Ross to get to Japan but was it the right call with a change to go to Archer I thought maybe Juice would have gotten the win based on how Lance has been booked but I also forget this is a new Japan show so that whole situation just feels very messy it feels like some sort of last minute changes were made there that maybe they were going to go with Juice and decided not to because of AW stuff but I just like Lance Archer as much as I like him sort of as a guy you know he seems like a, a a nice dude as a wrestler he's he's cooked isn't he like there's there's very little value left in him from an in-ring perspective and i can't help but come out of this feeling disappointed that fred rosser didn't win and also not particularly excited uh, uh, for the final whomever it is i mean if it's lance versus osprey I think we've already seen the best iterations of the lance versus osprey matches if it's lance versus tanahashi the that's, that's not really getting my blood pumping either. Right. Well, uh, I mean, here's one. I would, I will, I will say that Lance still has plenty in the tank. So, um, while the match maybe wasn't 
the greatest that we've ever seen. I I do think Lance is good and and very good as a matter of fact. Like like to me, he's one of the better big guys in uh, in pro wrestling. Um, to be honest with you. Uh, that being said, uh, it does seem like the decision was made for because he Lance is a good helping hand, right? And between both uh, AEW and New Japan, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, this would have been a perfect opportunity for roster um, to get a little steam, to get a little little spotlight. Um, it, that was a, a disappointment, no doubt, no doubt. Look, um, um, I I don't want to be negative, Ned here. But like this tournament and this whole just I the U.S. title, it's just it's just again, it's a perfect example of just a clusterfuck. Just I don't know. I, I just have the fucking match. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just defend the fucking title in a, in a New Japan ring. Can we? This it's frustrating, it, and and it's gotten to the point where I'm questioning the value of what the fuck this partnership is all about. Um, we got guys who can't lose to other guys. Like it just seems like it's more hassle than what it's worth. Yes, we have a very big show coming up in Toronto. Absolutely. Uh, that New Japan will be a part of. And, you know, if I'm being dead honest, would not have done the numbers without AEW's help, no doubt. But it's just, I mean, is that is that what this is about? Like just these shows every once in a blue moon and the idea of being able to use like Moxley, you know, and, you know, Lance Archer when needed, you know what I mean? Like, is that what this is? Or to be able to use talent that is already in the United States on these shows so that New Japan can fill out their shows? Is that what this is? You know? And even Ring of Honor. You know? So, I look, I don't know. <sighs> From a fan's perspective... And I can't get into the numbers because I don't know the the exact numbers to say definitively we're doing this. But, you know, you can't walk. How do you walk away from a house like that? You know, that's a nice payday for everybody. The problem is, is that the struggle <laughs> and the nonsense that it takes to get to that point is somewhat frustrating, to say the least. Yeah, when we were coming off the back of that brilliant... Omega versus Osprey match at Wrestle Kingdom and thinking the, the stock of the US title had never been higher. I was not expecting uh, four months down the line that we're getting Juice Robinson no contests and Fred Ross and Lance Archer slow motion walk and brawls as the, <laughs> the next step in the, that story. So, uh, yeah, rubbish. Um, okay, I want to touch on Zack Sabre Jr. defending his NJPW World TV Championship match against Tom Lawler. 30 minutes with his 
signature move, everyone's favourite, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Uh, this was great. This may be my favourite of the NJPW World TV Championship matches. So far, styles really mesh with each other. There was a bit of everything. They were hitting each other really hard, and the, the grappling, the submission stuff was really good as well. And the, the characters sort of played off each other great as well. And I really enjoyed the match the following night with uh, Team Filthy defeating TMDK. I just enjoyed the just even the entrance of TMDK with Zach and Shane Haste and Tito coming out. Just a bunch of dudes, dudes rock. Just really enjoying it. I thought that was a really fun six-man match. Um, Chris says, can we get Team Filthy on a long Japan tour? Would love to see them go after the Never Belts. But um, yeah, I, I, I just I really enjoyed the TV title match. I enjoyed TMDK against uh, Team Filthy. That was a, a highlight of these two shows for me. Uh, here we are, right? So... Team Filthy, we saw them during um, G1, right? We saw a, maybe a little taste of it. We saw a little taste of it in World Tag League, didn't we? Yeah. Um, like to me, more of that, <laughs> right? Would be would be great. We've been we've been again screaming from the mountaintops. You know, Team Filthy would be a lovely addition to. Any show, any program, any, but it's just, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Um, now, again, US based, you'll see them on every show, right? Just, uh, it's just, I uh, look, there's a, there's a definite line in the sand between who's staying in the States and who's staying in Japan or, or they're going to focus on to fly in and out. There, uh, there, there absolutely is, um, and right now it's 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 a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a struggle. So there was a bit of news that um, emerged from the show. Oh, oh no, dear. Oh, um, about the, uh, the show is doomed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for Hiromu, who announced that they're going to do the all-star junior show but a version in the states yes um, that is also going to be in uh philly so let me get yes. the exact details i sh- should have had, had it up before but i don't because i'm shit uh <laughs> just desperately scrolling through the news page and there's all this other crap multiverse united returns with for whom the bell tolls who cares yeah. um all right here we go all-star junior festival usa coming august 19th at the uh, 2300 Arena. So, same venue there. Uh, Multiverse A says, with the All-Star Junior Festival, US edition and Impact crossover shows running back-to-back days at 2300 Arena, is New Japan being too conservative and not running a bigger building? Also, what reasonable expectations should we have for the Junior Festival card? All right, I will talk. You take care of the youngster. Uh, Look, I don't think they... I think the, the building's fine, right? Um... You know, this is a this is the building that they can fill, right? Uh, but look, I don't know who they're planning on bringing in. I don't know what that might look like. But to give you an idea of where we are with this All Star Junior Festival, ringside seats and that tickets are on sale now. Ringside seats, three hundred. Dollars. Let me repeat that. Three hundred dollars. Premium seats, row two through four, one hundred and fifty dollars a pop. 
and row five through seven, 80. And then there's general admission uh, for 60 bucks. Plus, again, ticket fees, ticket fees. So uh, that's a pricey, pricey card. Now, as I look at the seating chart, according to the 2300 Arena, there are one, two, three. There's a whole fucking row. Oh, there's multiple sections. There's sections. Uh, this would be the south section. You have, uh, I would say there's more first row seats available than there are taken. Second row has, <laughs> has a few. And then third and fourth, you know, there's plenty of seats here. Plenty of seats. Uh, and even if you wanted front row, uh, there, there's there's sections with like the east section has at least f- six seven three hundred dollar tickets available three hundred dollar tickets without again not a name being mentioned not a show being mentioned and if anything is is like uh, what New Japan has done in the states before who do you think is going to be in this uh, tournament right. It's going to be, uh, I don't know, like $300 a ticket. You I, you better be bringing in somebody fucking tremendous. This, this better be a show of shows. Uh, there are I've never seen anything like this. $300 tickets ringside, or better yet, ringside seats haven't been all gobbled up. I could go right now and buy them. I, there's no way I'm spending $300. Fucking no way. Uh, without knowing who's going to be there. Now, August 19th, uh, will this um, sell out? I don't know. I, I mean, who knows? Right now, it I mean, we've got a little time, but it doesn't it don't look great. Let's put it that way. There's plenty of tickets left. Plenty of tickets. So to answer your question, should they have picked a bigger venue? Nope. <laughs> um, because even at the 2300 with those prices, they're not uh they're not moving very well. Uh, other bits and pieces from these shows. Uh it was fun to see Sanada. I was interested to see what kind of reception he would get from the US crowds and he seemed um yeah, surprisingly popular. People fans seem to be excited to see him. Uh Despi very popular as usual. I really enjoyed his singles match with Ishii. They um beat each other up, that was really fun. Um and he got lariated out of his socks, so that was really good. Um another just little thing here. Um just looking at the participants in this opening 10-man tag match at the on the first night and just thinking to other shows they've done recently, Mike Bailey, New Japan seems to have been using him a lot. Is he a wrestler that you think we might see or, or you would like to see in this year's Best of the Super Juniors? <laughs> um, yes, he is. Uh, and yes, he is. <laughs> and yes, he is. <laughs> he, uh, uh, we've heard, uh, we've heard some things. Uh, do you think we can go full pastrami sandwich on this one or, uh, 
We uh, you might very well think that I couldn't possibly comment. Right, exactly. Um, look, I uh, I uh, would say uh, speed below Mike Bailey. Don't be surprised if uh, he's a participant in a best of the super juniors this year. Don't be surprised. Um, if you would like to enjoy a delicious sandwich with that news, I will tell you by all means, enjoy a sandwich, a pastrami sandwich. Uh, last word on these U.S. shows. Tim says, I know these U.S. shows aren't quite non-canon, but would you agree that in all honesty, without getting defensive or indulging in whataboutery, that they're completely inessential? I, <laughs> I resent that. Is he suggesting that we get defensive and engage in whataboutery? How dare he say that to us? What about, Timo, when you said this? Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, I would say the, nothing really must-see on either of these shows, was there? They, they were fun. I was glad that I watched them. But Tag match was good. Tag match was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. They're, they're, they're weird new Japan shows. Like to me, calling them new Japan shows is, it sometimes feels like a stretch. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm watching a new Japan show. It really doesn't. Um, aside from announcements being made in Japanese and the, the ring apron, right? Um, sometimes it just doesn't feel that way, but, um, is it something that you have to watch? Eh, I would say if you haven't watched it already, uh, I think you're going to be okay. All right. Uh, so we've got a couple of shows coming up uh, next week. So Thursday, April 27th, I believe that's when they're going to announce the best of the Super Juniors participants. So that's the uh, Hiroshima Sun Plaza. Uh, yes, entrance for the best of the Super Juniors will be announced uh, between the 6th and the 7th matches. So uh, we've touched on our, our wild speculation about Speedball Mike Bailey. Wild. Um, wild speculation. I mean, guys that we would expect to see in. I just made a little list myself, and I was pretty sure we would get Hiromu, Bushi, Titan, Ishimori, Doki, Kanemaru, Eagles, Akira, TJP, probably Leo Rush. I'd love to see Leo Rush in there. Wato, Yo, Taguchi, Connors, Sho, Despi, Kushida, and Kevin Knight, which leaves us two spots. Um, Maybe, maybe Mike Bailey's taking one of them. Other one, uh, I don't think I talked about this on the podcast, but uh, at a recent Ref Pro show, United Empire gave the uh, United Empire armband to one Dan Maloney, who's been mm. doing excellent work on those British shows. So he is the latest recruit to United Empire. And uh, what better place to showcase and debut him than the uh, best of the Super Juniors? Do you want a Do you want a Maloney sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we sat with this. This was this podcast was slowly spiraling down to be one of our worst ones, but you saved it with that pun. Love Thank it. you. Uh, okay, so we've got that. We also have a special singles match between Naito and Doki, which Naito's obviously going to win, but that should be a lot of fun. I'm sure they'll do some, or Doki will do some crazy and silly thing. Doki. Some people get upset about the way I pronounce his name. Uh, we also have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with Catch 2-2, Accurate and TJP defending against, uh, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called. Jet Setters, uh, yeah. Kevin Knight and Kushida. Do you think we get a title change here? Uh, I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah, 
I'm going to say we That's do it. as well. Um, <laughs> I I, do. And I think <laughs> I think we will get um, Clark Connors pinning Kushida in Best of the Super Juniors, and then the next feud after Best of the Super Juniors will be Jet Setters defending it against Clark and Ishimori. There's there's my hot take. Cool. Uh, our main event, we've got the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Hiromu Takahashi, his fourth defense, fourth defense of 12 uh, against Kanemaru. Um, intrigued for the match. I mean, I love to see Kanemaru in big spots. He is one guy who just seems evergreen. He always seems to deliver. So I think it'll be a great match, uh, but uh, zero chance of winning, right? Zero, right? Yeah, zero. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll give you, I'll give you two to one odds. I'll give you fucking twenty to one odds uh, if you uh, if Kanemaru wins, but he, I, I I truly and honestly cannot see that happening. But um, you know he's in a new faction, but I can't see it. No. And we have wrestling Satsuma no Kuni on Saturday, April 29th in Kagoshima. And let's see what is looking interesting from this card. Da, 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 da. Nothing really until the eighth <laughs> match where we have the <laughs> IWGP Tag Team Championship match with Aussie Open in action again. Their second defense against TMDK, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols. Love it. Uh, tricky, tricky one's got. I think it will be a really good match. I think they, they, if I remember correctly, they had a very good match in the World Tag League. Who's going to it? It's, it's got to be Aussie Open. I think they're holding it until they get to defend it against um, FTR. That's That's what I'm thinking. I hope so. I mean, like I, I really do love Aussie Open. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with them holding on to those titles for a little bit. Uh, it does make the, that tag division very interesting, very fun. The idea of a lot of different teams, you know, challenging for that title against them. I'm all in for that. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say they hold on to it. And then the main event is the KOPW 2023 provisional match with Shingo Takagi defending against Taichi. And Shingo's proposed a Takagi-style triad match where you have to get three out of pinfall, submission, KO, TKO, and countout. So three of those five, which sounds like a dog's dinner, but I have faith in Shingo and Taichi that they're going to make it work. I mean, I was uh, side-eyeing the... The stipulation that he Shingo had against Hinari, and it turned out to be great. Well, I thought it was great anyway. Uh, Shingo and Taichi, to me, there is no way that doesn't deliver. So I'm circling that in my calendar, making sure I'm free on Saturday Saturday night to watch that. Who's going to win? Oh, I don't know. I think Taichi has got a, a shot here. I'd love to see Taichi win it and have some stuff to do. But Shingo's been so good as KOPW holder that um, I don't really think there's a a wrong choice here. The station go retains. Yeah, there really isn't. There really isn't. Um, the, it, with Shingo holding it, at least the title has been a lot more interesting and a lot more less less goofy, I guess. Um, and it's really been elevated. I feel like uh, they could give it to either one of those guys. And and I will say, yes, on paper, it does seem a little bit mm, uh, a lot a lot of stipulation there, but. Uh, they're they're creative. They they make it work. So um, I will I will give them the benefit of the doubt of the doubt for now because you know what they were able to deliver before with Hanare that was great. That was fucking great. So yeah, I mean I'll I'll I'm I'm in on KOPW 
um, with Shingo. I, I, I definitely am in on that. I, I deposited the screaming boy with his mother, mm. but he still seems to be screaming. Yeah. I think there's a little power struggle going on there because she doesn't want to give him the boot. That's what it sounds like. So I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah. I'm going to go and rescue the boy. Uh, so dreadcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast money please discord link dm me on twitter i'll send you a link at kobakawaii pros and tees.com forward slash super j cast t-shirts buy one they're nice thanks dan twitter at lousy hero 219 subscribe to the voices of wrestling podcast network for other great shows give us a five-step review on itunes follow us on twitter at the super j cast thank you everyone for listening and goodbye <laughs>